You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Nights. All right, uh, this is Randy, and today I'm here with a special guest. I'm here with Frank Mueller, and he is the, <laughs> I suppose I can let you tell him, he's the writer and creator of The Devil You Know. How is it going tonight? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, sitting down and talking to you guys. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to the podcast, and it's pretty cool what you guys are doing, so. Oh, great. First off, I guess... Uh, we could start a little bit about your background. Tell us how you got into writing comics. Well, I, I mean, I've always been really into comics. Uh, even as a as a kid, I, I I've been in, just entranced by comics as far back as I can remember. I remember uh, when I'm 36 years old, and uh, when I was a kid, my father used to collect comics, um, and my grandfather. When I would go over to my grandfather's house in my dad's old bedroom, there was a stack of my dad's old comics just piled up. So, and I, I remember being about five years old, and this stack is like four and a half feet tall, like taller than me. And I used to like pull that stack of comics down and go through them. And, you know, as every five year old will do at comics, uh, rip them to shreds <laughs> and cut them out and color in them. Um, but, you know, I remember like some of the first things I remember reading at all is like, you know, Aquaman comics and, uh, and the old superpower comics. So comics has just been ingrained into me for as long as I can remember. And, uh, I've always really, really wanted to, to get into it. Just didn't really know how. Um, so, you know, along the path of my life, um, I, I always wanted to be a writer, uh, more of a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Then a comic book writer, and I had gone to uh, the New York Film Academy and uh, went through their director program and uh, did that whole circuit. You know, made a few uh, student films and helped some people out with some short films and helped out on some stuff and got really into it. But you know, at some time, I uh, just was not you know making enough money to keep the electricity on in my apartment and eat. So um, I fell into my day job, which uh, I, I do. Um, more or less like clerical work for, uh, for, for a bank, uh, in New York City. And, uh, recently I, I decided to, you know, I wanted to get back into it and I saw Comic Exology, kind of what they're doing with the Comic, Comic Exology Submit and how, you know, you could basically make your own comic and put it up online. And I had met, um, uh, a friend of mine actually, he, he's, uh, my business partner for Asus and Eight, Sal Brucolari, and he, he showed me what he was doing, and he was making some comics, and uh, he was doing some really cool stuff and really fun stuff. And I said, that, that seems like fun. I, I want to do that. So I went online, and I found myself an artist, and I sat down, and I wrote a script, and uh, we came up with The Devil You Know. And uh, it, it, it started – I think I started this back in January, um, and this, we finished the book probably in March. We went through the Comic Exology Submit process a few times um just learning on the fly on how to format things and uh 
I'm sure anybody who's ever gone through that will tell you that they can be uh, really, really tight on their formatting mm. requirements. So we just, you know, had to go fix it and send it back, fix it and send it back. So finally, after uh, you know a few failed attempts to get the format completely right, uh, it's out for sale, and we're really excited to see what it does. You can also get physical copies. Yeah, I have physical copies that you can uh, buy off my website, um, which is aa88press.com. Um, and, you know, if you, you can buy them off like an Etsy store and we'll, we'll happily mail them to you. Um, I have issue one and issue two, which I don't believe we put up for sale yet, but we're going to put those up for sale too uh, really soon because uh, issue two is already completely done and it's going to be um, – up on Comic Exology, I believe in January, and you know everything goes well. Uh, issue three should be up in March, so we should maintain a bi-monthly schedule uh, through one through issues one through four, in the very least. And then after that, I believe um, we may have to take like a three month hiatus while I just try to catch back up again. Uh, and then, you know, I'll be out with, um, issue five, six, seven, eight. So I'm planning on releasing them in four issue installments, uh, like trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm very committed to making sure that this run goes 12 issues. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we'll definitely get a full complete story of Graydon and, you know, his adventures in hell. And, uh, the way I see it is that you know I I, I want people who, who give this series a shot and and to you know try it and like see these characters and you know like what they're doing you know I, I want to make sure that I give them a complete ride. Um, I know that sometimes with independent comics, one of the pitfalls is that you know you get an issue one, you read it, you're like oh this is really cool, and then issue two just never comes out. You know so I I won't do that to people. Um, I'm definitely going to make sure that we have 12 issues, at least. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you totally beat me to a couple questions I had. So <laughs> I guess before, because I'd also like to probe you about uh, Aces and Eights, but before we get to that, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, The Devil You Know, which is a great title, by the way. I love Thank you. It. It's a, I love that title. The Devil You Know and kind of your inspiration for it. Sure. Um, so, I mean... The concept goes back uh, for a while ago where I've always kind of had um, this whole fixation, I guess, between like religious storylines. And it kind of dates back to when I was in the New York Film Academy. I had wrote um, a short film and the premise of the film was that uh, God and Lucifer were just walking around – New York, and they were kind of friends, uh, and they were talking about like life and philosophy and all this stuff, um, and it was like really interesting and uh, and pretty cool, and it was mu- very much inspired by um, a sheep in the deep, which was like this Looney Tunes cartoon where like Ralph the you know the the wolf and uh, Sam the sheepdog like they drive to work. Punch like their friends. They drive to work. They punch the card in, and then like while they're on the job, the wolf tries to eat the sheep. The sheepdog like beats the crap out of them over and over and over again. And afterwards, after the day's over, they like punch in the cards and they drive back again in the car as friends. I always like was like, oh man, that'd be so you know, it's so funny. Like, 
what if God and the devil are kind of like that? You <laughs> know what I mean? Like on their off hours, they don't hate each other. So and that that was the basis of that, you know, that short story, which um, that short film, which we uh, we made as a, a student project back, uh, I believe in like 2002. And, um, you know, I, I've been just fixated on that. And then, you know, I was just thinking more and more about, you know, religious aspects and religious tones and you know, different types of stories um, that follow around hell and different things. So, and one of the one of the concepts I I, I thought of as as I was I don't even remember what prompted the thought to come into my head, but it was just thinking that what if you got so mad and you just became so dangerous that you became more powerful and dangerous than Satan himself. And what would that person be like? You know, like if somebody who's a good person but just been pushed so far that he's just now more terrible than the most terrible person in hell, how would hell react to that person being sent there? Um, And that's kind of what I wanted to explore in this series is, you know, what Graydon is, you know, what, what is he, what does it take? What does it take to be that type of person in, in hell? You know, you can't be a good person. Um, he's not necessarily a bad person either. So it's be interesting to play with those kind of emotions and, and see, watch as he, you know, breaks down more or less in terms of, what he's willing to compromise in terms of his moral compass Mm -hmm. and you know where he ends up so and that's that's basically where i started and you know a little bit of world building um and you know the character grading cross i think is has been the main character of everything i've ever written my entire life oh really Uh, which is so yeah it's like one of those things that it's like I'm right he's just like my name my my guy's main main name so it's actually nice to actually finally have him see uh publication now i'm gonna have to think of a new name for somebody <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah he's uh he's same thing with uh some of the other characters that come around um in issue two and issue three you know we get introduced to a lot more different characters and uh it becomes a much more of like an ensemble cast oh, nice. not just uh one person kind of slashing his way through hell um it's definitely becomes much more of like a team book so I've always been a big fan of team books, actually, in comics. I, I've always, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big X-Men fan and Teen Titans fan and Avengers and JLA. And I always found, like, the team dynamic really to be, like, what interests me the most. Um, as interesting as Peter Parker is, there are just times that I don't really care what he's doing. You know, and I would <laughs> like the, like, you know, I like with the X-Men, you know, you got – all these interesting characters you could jump back and forth from and you know we could always see what things going on and you know, some some issues are like a really good cyclops issue and some issues are really good like beast issues so i like to capture some of that dynamic of a, a team element as well and, and to give you more than just one character to kind of root for and like but uh you know a collection of them you mentioned a 12 you you're aiming for a 12 uh issue run do you have kind of the end goal in mind or do you have it do you have kind of an idea and then maybe you could go beyond that if you decided at that time oh i definitely can go beyond it um i mean the end goal of the entire series is 
you know, Graydon versus Satan. Mm. Um, and that's kind of like Gilligan getting off the island. Sure, like it, yeah. It's going to happen, but then when it kind of happens, that's the end. Yeah. Um, but I don't – that's not going to happen through issue 12. So, I, so when – one of the setups I did was that there are multiple realms within this world of hell kind of stolen from Dante's Inferno where there's seven circles of hell. And in my version of hell, there's also seven different realms and each realm is its different world. So issue 1 through 12 is going to take Raiden through this particular realm of hell. Um, and it's going to be a pretty wild and, uh, and exhausting fight for him to, uh, to, to get through this one particular hurdle. Um, and that will be a complete story. That will give everybody a nice sense of you know, closure of where the character you know, is going and what's happening. And then uh, hopefully it's, it's, you know, I get enough of a following and people are digging it enough. I'll just keep going with it, um, you know, past issue 12. But I'm definitely, com- you know, definitely committed to at least going to issue 12 and giving everybody that complete story of, of what the first realm of hell is all about. Because I think there's some really cool stuff happening there. It's, a, it's much different than... Um, than what you would expect, like traditional hell to be. It's not as much fire and brimstone as much as it's like a Lord of the Rings type fantasy world, where there's different creatures, not necessarily just demons, sure. um, and that they all sort of have their own little infrastructure and society going on, and their own societies, internal strifes and power struggles, and he very much gets involved in that and the balance of power within this world between the ruling parties of this realm of hell and you know the people that are forced to just exist in it so when he's done um when graydon's done with this realm you know the the status quo will be shifted and graydon will be a very different person than the person that we saw fall down the rabbit hole in issue one Oh, very, very interesting. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the artist? You said you found the artist online. How was working with an artist, for one? It's always kind of interesting to hear about um, the dynamic between comic book writers and the artists. It seems like every team has kind of a a different method together. How was how was working with your artist? Uh, he's great. Uh, so I, I, the, I work with a team. Um, so I found everybody that I use for uh, the Devil you Know on DeviantArt, which is a, a fantastic website if, for anybody that's looking for artists. I just went on. I put on a post. Then I said, you know, I'm looking to create an ongoing series. Anybody be interested, please email me. And the next day I literally got like 50 emails from people. And it was, it was, like, it was like Christmas morning, like opening up all these emails and looking at all this amazing artwork and – Oh, nice. It was really, really exciting. Uh, and I, I, I found uh, Kellek Askinar and um, Nunan Najaro, uh, which are – they're both located um, in Indonesia online. And, um, you know, Kellek does the pencils and Nunan does the inks. And then Victoria Pickman um, I found also on DeviantArt, and she does my colors and letters. We decided to work on this project, and – uh, it was it was it was an interesting dynamic, um, especially between Kellick and Noonan and myself, because uh, the little bit of a language barrier. Mm-hmm. 
uh, there. But, it, you know, we once we started getting rolling on it, I think everything started to really, really gel. And especially now we're really – we're really getting to, into like the groove now, uh, where, you know, we're on point with what we know and what we don't want to know. But it's funny when you work with, um, an artist that English isn't their first language and you take for granted some words that, um, would not necessarily exist in another country. Sure. I remember there was like a four day, um, there was like a four day period where I was trying to, uh, explain to him like where the Salvation Army are, and that and the scene where Graydon throws the money in the uh, the Salvation Army bucket, and, and the Santa Claus is ringing the bell. Okay. And I'm trying to explain to him like, no, no, in New York City, there's these these guys that stand around with bells, and they ring the bell, and I'm sending them pictures, and I don't think he like he would draw like you know Graydon like Graydon dressed as Santa Claus like ringing the bell. I'm like, no, 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 I don't think you're getting it. Uh, so, you know, there's some challenge and some certain things that, you know, it's a little bit different. So, but I, I've, I've gotten, um, we've gotten to a good place between us, all, all of us as well. And, uh, and Vicky's absolutely great. Um, who's my colorist and my letter. And she just, I've asked her to do things on the project that like, I don't even think that I would do in terms of like fixing things and rewrites. And I, I, I remember we had to go back and uh, one of the problems we had was that there was a, you could see pencil lines in the, in the first two issues. Uh, she had to go back and recolor over all these pencil lines. And uh, I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry to ask you to do this. I know there's like, you got, you know, 44 pages. You have to go back and recolor, but we need to recolor these. And she never has a problem. She's, she's great. She saved this book so many times. And I, I think every project really needs somebody like her, like just somebody who's just willing to do whatever it takes to keep the project moving, you know, keep it going along. And I'm really, really lucky to have her. Nice. So working with artists is always, it's always fun in terms of collaboration and, and, you know, what, what they bring to the table and what they, you know, different things they sort of see. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. I've learned to get a little bit, uh, looser with my script. So, you know, my first script was like, so like rigid and tight, like, you know, he stands here and he's posed like this, this is in the background. These, this is in the background. And, you know, now as I, I, I get a little bit more familiar with them, uh, my script's a little bit more looser now. Cause I, I know he understands the characters and he's been drawing them for a year now. So. He knows them probably better than I do in terms of because uh, he sits there and draws them almost every day, and you know I'm not exactly writing them every day, so he's he's ingrained in them. So it's uh, it's fun to see his takes on certain things and you know the facial expressions he makes, and I'm looking forward to people seeing the future issues of the book because I think I think a lot of that really comes through mm-hmm. uh, in issue two and issue three and uh, and issue four. So I wanted to ask about the character design for one mainly because i really like the depiction of god he come across as more like his outfit he come across more like a wanderer because it was almost like a trench coat type thing as opposed to the typical robes and stuff did you uh, kind of let uh was it calic yeah calic did you kind of let him go wild did you have some or did you have some specific ideas on how you wanted the characters to look um i think a lot of that is him in terms of the uh the the actual look of him. I, I think my character description I gave to him was that he was, uh, 
I had sent him a picture of like Jeff Daniels as the dude from the Big Lebowski. Oh, nice. And okay. I was like, I was like, it's like sort of like the dude meets Gandalf. That's kind of where I was going for. And uh, he kind of came up with that as well. Yeah, I like that a lot too. That like God was a uh, like a you know not like this you know how we would picture him in uh, in this robe flow, flying down, but kind of like this wandering homeless person, yeah, old person. Um, you know, I thought it was a great, interesting take, and uh, it was it was something pretty cool. And and it also made him uh, more approachable. I thought, which is what I really wanted to go for, it was that. You know, God sort of just shows up at this point where Graydon has died and, you know, he's he's giving him like this. He's selling him this pitch. And, uh, you know, I thought that it would be an easier pill to swallow if it was this like happy go lucky type, uh, the dude, <laughs> you know, rather than like this omnipotent being that comes down and just tells him what to do because – uh, I think if you put him in robes and and have him float down on like a cloud firing lightning bolts, then he's that doesn't seem like a guy who's going to ask you to make a choice, much less he's just going to tell you what to do. So that's where we were trying to go with that softer approach, and uh, and I like you know Kelly Kelly deserves most of the credit for that, the stick in uh, and the sandals and everything like that. That was a that was a really cool character design he did. Yeah, for sure. And, and after and since you mentioned the dude meets Gandalf, I totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> I send them pictures of like people and like I, that's like really the fun part of it for me too is like is is sending like I send like a picture and I'm like, "Oh, this is what I want the guy to look like." I forgot the gentleman's name, but uh the guy, I don't know if you ever seen the show like White Collar. Oh. Wow. Um, but like that's who like I sent like Graydon's supposed to be is like look like this guy like the guy from the show white collar and i'm you know i'm like i like him want him to look like this but you know a little bit meaner and like uh, uh, some of the other characters come along i send them like celebrities and it's always so really really interesting to like see how close he comes to it yeah mm-hmm. and uh and what he does with it so he, he's pretty good he 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 um if you look on uh i kept in the the what would be the inside cover of the uh the print comic so it gives you like the little um recap it's right after the cover and on the on the physical copies that's what's the recap page mm-hmm. and in the background you can see all the character sketches so those are the actual uh original character sketches that we did when we sat down and you know came up with these guys not to fish for spoilers, but one thing uh-huh. I was curious about reading the I've read the first issue. Do we find out why his his family was targeted? Yes, we most definitely will. Awesome. Okay. That was something as a reader, I'm like, oh, I really want to know about like, you know. I mean, I figured that was kind of setting up a mystery, um, or at least a motivation to be uh, you know, uh revealed later on but yeah no there's a there it goes there's going to be an interesting twist or at least what i think is a very interesting twist on uh on why satan would wander into graydon's household and uh, murder his family and uh there's some really really interesting stuff going on and that stuff's going to be addressed somewhere between the like fifth and eighth issue so somewhere in that story arc oh nice so you know, the issues one through four is is very much like setting up the world and 
um, understand so you know, understand the rules that this world plays in, and and the major players, and introducing everybody to anything, and having uh, you know gratuitous violence, and uh, also getting to know like Graydon and getting to know some of the the supporting characters, and then the the second story arc really builds upon why all that stuff is going on. So it's it's going to be fun. I, I I hope you guys stick around for it. I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. Um, so, so the first issue has gone live on Comicsology. Yeah, it went live um, November nineteenth. Yeah, okay. And uh, so far, pretty pretty good uh, responses from you know some of the people that reached out for me on Twitter and email and stuff like that, saying that they liked it. And um, I saw you know you guys gave me a nice review, and I really appreciate that. And uh, I I saw that IGN had given it a uh, B plus, which is oh wow a really nice review from yeah. them. Um, and uh, I really, really appreciate that as well. And I, you know, every every uh, every few days, a little bit more people contact me, which is good. Um, so I'm really interested to see how it does on Comic Exology, and and um, hopefully, it just keeps like some momentum going, and we we can keep it going with by just trying to be better every issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really all you can ask for in comics is just to try to improve what you're doing with each each issue that comes out, and that's really. That really is one of the goals that uh, that we have going on. So we, we're, we're really striving to make sure that issue two is better than issue one, and issue three is better than issue two, and issue four is better than issue three. And hopefully, uh, we get to the point where we're just really, really blowing everybody away. I imagine it's quite a quite a learning curve, and you'd, you'd mentioned aces and eights, and uh, kind of experimenting with um, putting the book out through Comicsology to in the first place. Uh, but that's kind of one of the exciting things about following a new creator and a new publisher is like watching the evolution of of everything of the book and 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 all that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Aces and Eights? Yeah, sure. So Aces and Eights is a, a publishing company that's founded by myself and uh, my business partner Sal Brooklary, um, and basically we are publishing where well, we we plan on publishing our creator own stuff as well as some licensed products that we had gotten our hands on um, primarily through comic ectology and uh, we're exploring some other avenues as we go. And then also, uh, you know, we're going to plan to do uh, print copies later next year, uh, depending on how successful our comic ectology runs are. Mm-hmm. And um, we we're leaning more towards going into print when we can collect them into a trade. Um, and we have the W now, which is, uh, my project that, that just recently came out. And, uh, Sal has a, a title that's due out next year called, uh, Badassery, which is a really, really cool, um, story about a, a guy who is the son of an angel and a demon. And he gets adopted, hidden on earth from God adopted by a mercenary named and then the mercenary had named him bad and he he goes on a hijinks ensued uh 1980s stallone slash uh schwarzenegger type action adventure series movie and uh without giving away too much of it it's uh it's a really 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 fun um fun book like one of those 19 uh 80s type action part, you know, action um, 
movies and uh, it has like that kind of Deadpool type feel where it does it winks at the audience, breaks the fourth wall a little bit. So I'm really looking forward to that series as well. And, uh, there's another series coming out called uh, Ninja Baseball Man, which is based on a uh, a video game uh, that came out in like the 1990s, um, which was like a Japanese anime type video game where like the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I I. I don't know if you ever played it where you you, you and four of your friends could play as each turtle and like it was like a sky a side scroller smash them up. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. The emulator's on online. Check it out. It's called Ninja Baseball Batman. Is the actual game. Uh, we kind of had to drop Batman because <laughs> they did not want that in there. But. Sure, sure, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but it's a really fun game, and it's like that. It's really, really trippy and weird, and, and you know, it's this guy who's like a ninja, and he has a baseball bat and fights giant gloves, and it's really, really cool. And we have a series coming out there next year about that as well, and uh, really looking forward to that. Um, and then there's you know a couple other projects that we're cultivating right now, and we're, we haven't quite decided you know whether it's going to end up falling under our label or hopefully uh, – you know, maybe somebody, you know, a little bit larger than us wants to pick it up. We'd be more than happy to have, you know, one of those companies uh, publish them instead of us. So uh, we're looking forward to some of the stuff we're doing and trying to push our way into the marketplace and uh, and then make us a brand that at least, you know, some people recognize. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And uh, one of the projects that I'm working on as well, which is uh, another title I'm working on called Fall Streak, which uh, should be – Issue one should be completed sometime by the end of December. Uh, is also most likely going to be an Aces and Eights book, uh, unless it gets picked up by a larger publisher. And that's really different than what like the Devil knows all about. Without giving away too much about it, it's like a really, um, really trippy, weird, like kind of like the leftovers. Um, about like it's basically about a something like. Uh, an event called the cloud emptying where like a cloud would fall down and hit this house and basically freeze everything inside of it. And, you know, within this scenario, this town is just like reeling from this, like really tragic events of this cloud emptying hitting this house. And there's about these two kids and, and their reactions to this. And, you know, this really weird stuff that starts to happen afterwards and it's like kind of like a x-files meets the hardy boys type story so that's another thing that's going to be coming out pretty soon and uh on my twitter account i'll start posting some pictures and uh i got an artist that's working out with me called tyler souls that is just fantastic on it and uh i'm really looking forward to that as well so we're, we're we're really uh we're really happy about some of the stuff that's coming out next year and uh i'm probably not doing it justice explaining it all because Pitching has never been my strong point, but um, oh, there's uh, some, you know. it sounds like some awesome concepts, man. You've yeah. definitely got my interest on them. Well, I, I thank you, man. I, I really, uh, I'm really proud of a lot of them. And uh, on our, pay attention to our uh, our Twitter account and our Tumblr account, and uh, we'll be posting like random pictures and stuff like that, kind of leading up and uh, trying to build a little bit of momentum going forward, so that when uh, when they do become available, uh, people people recognize and know what's going on. Twitter account. What 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 are your Twitter accounts there? Sure, the Twitter account is um, at aa88 press, and um, our Tumblr is aa88press.tumblr.com. And you can also go to our uh, our website, which is aa88press.com. 
So aces and eights. Um, this is two A's, two eights, and press. Awesome. Yeah, that was our, our, our genius philosophy of naming the company. I was like, if they ever listed alphabetically, we'll always be first. It's nice, a great name. <laughs> nice. That's yeah, that's some marketing right there. Yeah, that was that was that was uh that was my strategy with it. But now I I feel like I'm like, oh Aces Eight Press and people are like, Oh, A A eight A press. Yeah, I know who you are. So it's uh it hopefully it works. It's funny that as soon as I did that comic exology took their alphabetical listing off of the publisher screen as well, and I was like, Oh man. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that was our whole strategy. Oh well, at least we got the uh, the name, and I think it sticks, and it's pretty easy to remember. So, mm-hmm. just wanted to tell you guys that uh, I really, really do appreciate you know you guys reaching out and, and having me on. It's great to get the word out, especially when you're an independent creator like this. You exist in like a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? where like it's like you, you work on this project, you're like, oh, this is great. But, like, there's not so many people around that could, like, you could bounce ideas off of or even communicate it with it. And, you know, I, I know most of us in our day jobs and our, our normal lives don't necessarily interact with a tremendous amount of uh, comic book followers or people that, you know, are really into it. So to, to have an avenue to promote it to, to like-minded individuals and is a really, really helpful tool. And I've been really, really overwhelmed by how into uh, the comic community is in terms of looking into like creator own stuff and giving it a shot and trying some new stuff. And uh, it's really, really cool. And, and there's a ton, a ton of really awesome uh, creator own stuff out there. And comic Exology right now is really, really doing some fantastic stuff. Um, comic Exology submit and there's some really, really cool books on there. And then, you know, I, I could recommend, um, you know, for hours and it's just, Check them out, man. I mean, there's like just a tremendous amount of stuff. If you go into Comic Exology Submit um, section and just scroll through to find something you like, see some of the stuff coming out there is just as good as any other company you'll see, if not better. And, um, you know, one of the comments I like there, um, and I forgot the gentleman's name that, that makes it, uh, but it's a book called Westward. Um, so I know you on your uh, podcast has uh, you have uh, a pull list. Mm-hmm. So if you want to pull from something that is uh, a little bit off the beaten path and not like the big two or image or, or you know, stuff that is very mainstream and uh, everybody's read, check out this series. It's called Westward, and I'll, I'll send you the, the link to it. It's a really, really great black and white uh, steampunk noirish type story, and I don't want to even give anything away on it other than it's just awesome. Oh, yeah. I read this book, and I was just like – uh, I read. I got. It, I downloaded free on free comic book day uh, on comic exology, and I read this. And I said, "How is this? How did somebody not pick this book up? It's so great!" Um, and I don't know the, I don't know the guy who made it, so I'm not even promoting it because I get anything out of it. But you know, it's really, really good. And uh, one of the other things I wanted to, because I know you also have a uh, a section on your podcast called uh, where you recommend uh, web comics. Uh, my my business partner Sal Brooklary also does a web comic called uh, See You Next Tuesday. Okay. It's See uh, You Next N E X T Tuesday or T U E S dot com. Um, you know what? I will uh, let me just double check that and make sure I didn't mess it up. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's C U N N E X T T U E S dot com. Um, and it's not as like raunchy as the name would suggest. It's uh, <laughs> it's about the uh, the bar- the Bride of Frankenstein um, in the monster community uh, trying to solve a murder, and it's a really cool noirish type. Uh, black and white story where you know, the Bride of Frankenstein is running around and all these weird mystical creatures are attacking her and uh, there's this really mysterious crime she saw trying to solve all the while her ex-husband you know Frankenstein is like a mob boss and has a hit out on her um, and they're they're pretty deep into into that story so there's a good 50 something pages I think on there and uh, you know, give it a try if you if you're looking at web comics and uh, oh, yeah. hear about it on the on the podcast if you get a chance. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out too. So I've been listening to your podcast actually, and it's really really good. I wanted to let you know that um, one of the one of the things is you don't really get to hear on, on a lot of these podcasts. Like you don't really get to hear any, a girl's perspective. You know, it's it's so cool to actually have like a, a female co-host and. Uh, Oh, yeah. I was super excited when she agreed to do it. Um, well, like me and Jesse have, we have Twitter accounts and we're all over the internet. And she's not very active online at all. So I didn't think uh, she'd be super into the idea of doing a podcast. But, um, yeah, she tried it out and she's enjoyed it. So I've been totally stoked to have her on. And And, yeah, you're right. There's not a whole lot of other podcasts that of other comic book podcasts that have uh, female co-hosts. So I kind of lucked out on that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, and, you know, it's, uh, she, she has some, some good insights and stuff and, uh, she seems to digest the material and have some really good insights and it, it's, it's rare and it's really refreshing to see, uh, see, you know, hear a girl's view and then a female point of view. And that's one of the things about comics that really surprised me. So what, so I, I had been drifted in and out of comics as I think everybody who collects comics and has been into comics has done. Um, but as you know, as a kid, when I would go to the conventions that I would there would never be girls there or there'd be like, maybe like 25 girls. And recently, you know, when I stuck on these conventions, blown away by how many girls are uh-huh. there. It's like 50% of the convention is girls. And it's a whole different world now, and it's you know it's so cool to see you know girls like really into comics and you know this just really being part of the culture and, and everything. It's just fantastic, and it's very cool, and and it's always good to hear like a, a girl's perspective on it. I mean, my wife isn't really particularly into comics, so it's like she 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 reads mine, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And she's like, why why'd you kill the family? I'm like, I'm not trying to say I'm trying to kill you. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It's like this isn't me. This guy's not me. Actually, he's the furthest thing from me. Like, don't don't look at it like that. But she she's uh she's been very supportive of everything, and I, I lucked out with her too because she uh um even though she's like very not into uh you know like the whole geek culture thing, she her two younger brothers are really really ingrained in like you know just they're just two pretty big geeks. So in her mind, it's just normal. You know, it's yeah. normal for men to stay up all night playing Warcraft. That's what <laughs> men do. <laughs> yeah, which not all girlfriends slash wives uh, do. You'll feel that way. So, no, so. yeah, certainly not. They did. I owe my brother-in-laws a lot. They uh, they trained her well before I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I like that. I like the podcast. So uh, keep up the great work there. Oh, thanks. That's really nice to hear. Um, you know, we're slowly building a following, so we don't. 
uh, we haven't up to this point got a lot of feedback, but I've noticed we're starting to get more and more and it's, it's nice, but also really strange. It's really strange. Cause it's like, Oh wow. Like just to know that people took that much time out of, you know, they could be listening to whatever to listen to us ramble on about comics and stuff is it's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate you saying so. Yeah. I mean, you just got, you, you build it up slowly. It's, it's uh, that's I that's how it gets done at this level. It's you know little by little, but uh, you, you guys got a good thing going. I, I actually um I work in New York City and I live in Jersey, so I um I have a lengthy bus commute every day, mm-hmm. so which is uh gives me plenty of time for podcasts, and that's where I do most of my writing and most of my comics reading, which I I probably read far too many comics. Uh, if I ever got to the point where I made Half about half as much money on comics as I spend on comics, I'd be really happy. <laughs> That'd be a victory. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be just enough right there to uh, to just to, to you know be a success. Um, but yeah, you know, that's where I usually do my stuff. So I listen to the podcast there, and podcasts are pretty cool, man. And uh, you 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 just gotta carve out like a little niche. But mm-hmm. you guys have a nice little thing going, especially with uh with uh Melanie and Jesse and everything. Um. That kind of reminds me of something I wanted to ask before we we end the recording here. Um, what have you been reading lately that you're really into? Um, I read a ton of stuff. But uh, uh, right now I would say uh, the book I'm probably the most excited about, um, I'm a huge fan of American Vampire, um, mm. which – does not come out as much as I would love it to, but um, I don't know if you ever heard. It's a Vertigo series uh, by Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque. Um, it is one of my favorite comics of all time. Um, it just uh, is amazing, um, and I would highly recommend uh, if you haven't read those to pick them up. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of Deadly Class out of Image. I'm a big Marvel guy. Um, so I pick up like X Men. I really like what Bendis is doing on the Uncanny X Men and all new X Men and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I read Avengers, and I, I have a little circle of friends, and we have this whole. I actually don't buy print comics anymore, so I have ten long boxes filled with comics in my mom's basement from like when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And she's like, I have, she's like, you need to take these back. I'm like, I have nowhere to put these. <laughs> and she's like, well, do something with them. I'm like, can't throw them away. So I'm like I can't I can't add to those ten long boxes anymore. So I, I've completely abandoned print comics and I do all digital. But I know uh, I have a little circle of friends and what we do is a little uh, trade off, uh, an iPad like swap. Oh sure. We swap all iPads every once in a while and we like read all of each other's comics on there and stuff like that. So between my circle of friends, uh, I read almost everything that comes out right now. But Deadly Class, uh, which is a uh, Rick Remeter. I'm a huge fan of of Rat Queens. That's also an image book. Um, um, I I love the artist on there. It's a gentleman by the name of uh, Rock Up Church, and that's a really cool like Rat Queens is a really cool fantasy uh, like a World of Warcraft type world, but it's like this collection of all the all the characters are these girl characters, and they they're like mercenaries, and they go about like. Uh, in this city attacking ogres and all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's really funny and really beautifully drawn and really, really cool. Uh, I, I definitely recommend that series, uh, as well. And, um, I, even though I grew up a very, very, very big DC fan, I, 
I haven't read too much DC since the New 52. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys have just gone through like Swamp Thing. And that's actually one of the books uh, I'm reading right now is Snyder Swamp Thing. And it's pretty good. I'm kind of the, the resident Swamp Thing fanatic. Um, and I'm a, a pretty big fan of Scott Snyder, but I think Swamp Thing, the New 52 Swamp Thing, really improves when Charles... Uh, Charles Soule takes over? Yeah, I think so. Because Snyder's run gets really bogged down in that rot storyline. Um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I actually, uh, I had read the Alan Moore books. Actually, I believe like my, my dad may have given them to me as like a kid. Um, and they, I, I think I had read them at an age where my mind was just too young to process like mm-hmm. any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So, like, at that point in my life, like anything past like Superman punching people in the face was probably going to go over my head. <laughs> so I need to go back and actually reread them. But, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely am a big fan of Charles Soule and I, I like his, I like his, uh, his stuff. He's, he's an interesting cat. I don't know if you, uh, ever, um, heard any of his podcasts and stuff like that but no actually i've I've, i listen to a lot of podcasts and i've i I have not caught any like interviews or anything with him he he writes like eight books a month Mm -hmm. and he's like a full-time lawyer it's pretty impressive he's a pretty impressive dude i'm kind of bummed because i'm reading mostly dc of course most of the books he is doing is um are over at marvel yeah but next year he he signed a Marvel exclusive deal. So next year he's jumping off of Swamp Thing and he'll be just writing Marvel. So I'm going to have to start reading some of his Marvel work. Yeah, I mean, he just did Death of Wolverine, which was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 out of DC right now, I, I read Batman, mm-hmm. Snyder's Batman, which is, uh, which is really good. Um, and I really loved Brian Azario's and... Um, Oh God, I forgot Chang is his last name. I forgot the, the gentleman's first name. Uh, but they're run on Wonder Woman, which was really, really, really awesome. Oh yeah, I have not checked it out, but I keep I have I have heard really good things about that. I have read comics since I was five years old. I have never once picked up a woman Wonder Woman comic. There was just never any appeal of Wonder Woman to me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed her in the Justice League. You know, uh she's one of those characters that like I always enjoyed in like a team setting, but I can never like see myself reading a book about them um, but you know when this series had come out it had gotten some buzz and one of the gentlemen uh, in my group of uh, my comic sharing circle uh, picked up like he picked up like issue one through four on comic exology and I read them and I was like oh yeah that's pretty good and he's, he's just like oh you like it I'll just give you all of them and he picked up all of them I was like that's great and uh, it, it's really really good uh, that's one of my, one of my favorite stuff right now. And, uh, it's sad to see that it's ending or it's ended, but, uh, but it was a good run. Mm-hmm. Saga is really good too. If you ever read, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, I know you go back. Um, so you guys are reading, like, I, I think the most recent podcast you guys did was, you guys are talking about Marvels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you've ever, um, you, you know, heard of uh why the last man, but that was one of the comics that was, probably one of the most influential storylines in my life. Mm-hmm. It definitely was the first comic I ever really read that wasn't a superhero comic. And it was like, I remember my, my brother had come home with it one day and I said, what is this? He's why the last man? I don't know. Why, why is there nobody in a costume? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, just check it out. It's pretty cool. And I remember, I remember reading it and it was like, um, it was like the, you know, volume one paperback. I was like, get in the car, uh, 
we need we need to go get every one of these right now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it was it was one of the most influential like storylines of my life. And, I need to check that one out. It's on my it's on my list of shame. Melanie Melanie blew through that whole series real fast. She she really liked it. Um, and I'm not sure if Jesse's read it. I would assume he has. But yeah, that's definitely on my list of shame. I need to I need to read it. It's definitely a series that like once you start reading, you you just you're you're just gonna call out out of work and like sit there and just sit. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I can't watch the children, honey. I gotta read Why the Last Man. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check that out. And you know, I, I I'm reading a bunch of stuff. That that book Westward is really really good. Um, create your own stuff. Um, there's a there's a book Rogues I like a lot. That's uh, done from these gentlemen. And they do. Uh, they got gentleman's name is El Toro, and he's out of uh, Spain. It's Amigo Comics, and it's uh, it's a fun creator owned. Um, comic exology submit series about a uh a barbarian and a and a uh a bandit they go on these kind of adventures and it's it's really campy and really cool and uh you know these like gratuitous nudity and fighting and all kinds of mr t shows up it's just really weird i like (laughs) i like i like randomness like that Uh i'm a big fan of like family guy humor yeah where like all of a sudden like just where 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 you know, William Shatner come from. I don't know, but just go with it. And uh, that's a really cool book as well. So, uh, tons of stuff, man. But you know, those those are those are my favorites right now. And I'm sure I could I could stay up all night, which is I'm sure I'm sure you know people don't want to hear me ramble about it forever. <laughs> but I could talk about comics all night. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to get to? No, I just I uh, just want to tell anybody who's listening. You know, I I really appreciate all the support uh, uh, the W has gotten, and uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, um, you can find it on Comic Exology. It's uh, the Devil You Know, um, and my name is Frank Mula, M U L A. Uh, you can find me on Comic Exology, or you can go to our website. Uh, it's aa 88 presscom and uh, you could uh, you could find links to all our comics there. And there's six page previews for our books, uh, including the WNO and Badassery, which is on there as well. And uh, we'll be posting uh, a preview for issue three um, really soon, which I'm really excited to uh, to put out there. And then I just want to tell everybody if you could pick it up and, and stick with it, you know, if you can stick with it, I'll, I'm do my best not to disappoint you guys. And uh, I really appreciate it to everybody who uh, who, who gave it a shot. I would love to hear anything. If you if you want um, to send feedback, uh, my email is frankmula78 at gmail.com. Uh, it's F-R-A-N-K-M-U-L-A-7-8 at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to hear feedback. You know, even if you want to tell me you hated it and I owe you two bucks. But <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love uh, – if anything, this com- this this uh, this conversation should show I just love talking comics. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. So, I mean, that that, that would be really cool. And it's really cool, and then thank you guys. Uh, thank you for having me, Randall. It's, uh, it's really cool, and it's really nice getting you know talk to you. Thanks again, man. I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, you have a good evening. You too, man. Uh, what is uh, uh, since? Sorry. <laughs> I hit what I hit occasionally I'll hit these mental mental blocks um